Amen. Amen. Good morning. I am grateful to God for the opportunity to be with you today and the opportunity to be with you all again. The last time I was here was just before the pandemic, uh, just before everything closed down. I think for for us, uh, that may have been the last Sunday at our church, just because of our size that we actually met on um, March 8th of last year. And we're back now, but uh, in, in the thick of the pandemic, uh, that was uh, what happened. And so there's been a lot that has transpired, but we are grateful to be here. I am very grateful for your pastor and my friend, Pastor Jonathan, uh, in his absence today. Uh, I am uh, I didn't realize how, how much I had packed my schedule this weekend, but when Pastor Jonathan calls, I go. We went to seminary together, and I, I love him. I think I have about 10 years on him, but he always honors me, checking in on me, those types of things. And uh, when we were in seminary together, he gave me great joy, and so I'm grateful to come and serve you, uh, his people, as he serves you, and I pray that today's message will be encouraging to you, both here in the sanctuary and those of you in the cyber sanctuary. We're so very grateful for you and grateful that we have means to keep us still connected. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're very grateful for that today, and so I am grateful for that opportunity. God, I pray as was prayed when we uh, gathered in the room before we came out, that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. Have your way, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but as we watch the news and deal with the things that we hear daily on the news, it seems like uh, everything or many of the things in our society are broken. Uh, the economy, people say, is broken. It's not working. Our unemployment employment situation, rather, in our country, people say, is broken. It's not working. Um, uh, things have shifted and changed because of the pandemic. Uh, d- depending on your perspective, the government is broken. It's not working. Uh, housing and mortgage situations are broken. But And Bob Dylan penned these words in a song, everything is broken. Broken lines, broken strings, broken threads, broken sh- springs, Broken idols, broken heads, people sleeping in broken beds. Ain't no jiving, ain't no joking, everything is broken. Broken bottles, broken plates, broken switches, broken gates, broken dishes, broken parts. Streets are filled with broken hearts. Broken words never meant to be spoken, everything is broken. Seems like every time you stop and turn around, someone else has hit the ground. Broken gutters, broken saws, broken buckles broken laws, broken bodies, broken bones, broken voices on broken phones. Take a deep breath. Feel like you're choking. Everything is broken. Every time you leave to go off to someplace, things fall into pieces in your face. Broken hands on broken plows, broken treaties, broken vows, broken pipes, broken tools, people bending broken rules. Hound dog calling, bullfrog croaking. Everything is broken. This isn't Bob Dylan, but this is me. I have an announcement, an urgent breaking announcement. In a society where everything feels like, looks like, it is broken. Where everything feels like it might not be working. I stopped by today to First Baptist Walnut Valley to let you know that prayer still works. And it's not broken. Uh, Let me say that again. Prayer still works. 
and it's not broken. Yes, I have good news. That's what the gospel is. And my good news is that no matter what you're dealing with and no matter where you are or what's going on in your life, prayer still works. You still have access to a great God that does great things in our lives. Prayer still works. I'm not discouraged by what's going on in our society. I'm not even discouraged by the pandemic and what it did to us. I'm not fearful about a doctor's diagnosis or our situations. I've come today to encourage someone to encourage you here at First Baptist uh, here in Walnut Valley that prayer still works. You have access to God. I don't care what you've been told. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what it is. Ultimately, we must remember that we have access to a great God that answers our prayers and works on our behalf in every situation. Prayer still works. Prayer still works. Prayer still works. And beloved, I want you to know that in this pandemic, in this time that we have been, I feel my prayer life has gotten better because it is most important. All I've been doing is asking God to bring things to an end, this pandemic to an end, to bring people together, to hold us together, to keep our churches, to make our testimony strong, to make us great for him in this land. We have been forced to pray and maybe not with each other, but definitely for one another as we have moved through this. Prayer still works. It's not broken. And I have some evidence to prove it. In Luke chapter 18, uh, verses 1 through 8, it states, And he told them a parable, that's Jesus, to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet this widow keeps bothering me. I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give them. He will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless. When the son of man come, will he find faith in the earth? Beloved, all of us have spare tires in our cars just in case there's a flat or a slow leak. Uh, Most of the time, we don't even think about them until things go wrong. But there, when something goes wrong, we go to the back of our trunk or underneath our car, depending on uh, what type of vehicle you drive, and we get that spare out in a difficult situation. For most of us, that's what prayer is like. It is a, it is a spare. It is just in case. For, for, for most of us, it is after the fact. Uh, but I hope to move our consciousness and our thought process that prayer is not just to get us out of a jam, but prayer is our posture always. That we ought to always pray. I want to shift us from situational prayer to persistent prayer. So my sermonic thought today is remaining persistent in prayer. Remaining persistent in prayer. Remaining persistent in prayer. Remember, to pray is to communicate or to converse or to talk to God. To pray is to have a conversation with God as a youth pastor, which is what I used to be uh, before I became the senior pastor at our church eight years ago. uh, I would tell young people that if you're having a difficult time communicating or talking to God, it doesn't feel natural. Then sit in a chair and put a chair in front of you and imagine God sitting in the chair and simply 
talk. You know, sometimes we get into prayer postures and we sound so formal. At least I know in my church, it sounds so formal. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be able to pray like the adults. The deacons could really pray. And so I wanted to be able to do that. And I wanted to learn all of the the, the phrases that they used. And I did. But it was not natural for me. I put on uh, it was like putting on Saul's armor on my body. And as I've grown in my relationship with God, I had to learn how to pray for myself. Beloved, when I talk about prayer, I I presuppose that the person praying has a belief, the personality and the power of God. When I talk about prayer, I believe and I, I believe that that you under the sound of my voice in the cyber sanctuary and here that you you already believe God can do anything. You already believe that God has all power. You already believe that God's in control of the world. You already believe that Christ has died a criminal's death for you and resurrected from the dead. And if God could do that, he can do anything but fail. I presuppose that true prayer is offered in faith, knowing that God is everything we need. He is the hearer of our prayer, but he's also the answerer of our prayer and he will fulfill his word. He will make things right. Some theologians believe that this short uh, chapter of, uh, and it might not be so short to some of us, but this chapter uh, uh, 18 of Luke is a uh, exposition on prayer, giving us four types of prayer, two positive and two negative, uh, two form uh, parables or stories and two from real life situations. If you will, allow me to kind of back my way into uh, what I want to share with you today. Uh, This Luke chapter 18 reveals that there's an urgent prayer request that's found in uh, verses 34, excuse me, 35 through 43 of chapter 18. Uh, The blind man was not to be stopped. There's it, it talks about a blind man. He had a great opportunity and he had an urgent need and he would not let it pass. He cried out to Jesus when everyone else told him to shut up. Uh, He did not stop at all, but what he did is he kept crying out to Jesus. And Jesus stopped and took notice of him and healed him. Beloved, Jesus is not too busy to hear your call. He's not too busy to answer. He's not too busy. You might call Curry, and I might be too busy. I tell people all the time when they text me that you've got to give me a little time. Half the time I'm driving myself. And so I don't want to text and drive, so it takes a minute. And then when I get to where I'm going, half the time, I forget that somebody texts me. And so I have to go back. But Jesus is not like that. He stops to answer us. And he answers in his own timing. Again, working backwards, uh, verses 18 to 34, uh, there's this type of, uh, I would call it ignorant prayer or unaware in prayer. This rich young ruler in verses 18 through 34 had inquired of the Lord. He had talked to the Lord. Uh, and that's what prayer is to ask. Um, although he was young and had many good qualities, uh, one of them was he was not, he didn't have spiritual understanding or insight. And he did not really see himself. Uh, he didn't see Jesus. And so his situation was he had riches. But he, he, he didn't understand what was required of him. The young man went away sorrowful because he was not willing to change or exchange what he did not know for what Jesus did know. He asked of God, but he wasn't willing to follow up. And sometimes we will ask things of God and we don't want to follow up. We don't want to 
that God reveals something or he gives us his word, and we don't necessarily want to follow up and live out uh, what God has given to us. Uh, the third thing that's, that's here is uh, there's an arrogant prayer. This prayer often baffles me. Verses 9 through 17, there's this Pharisee, and he gets up and talks about how great he is talking to God. And uh, I just did a workshop even on prayer yesterday, and I was talking about uh, I use the, the Acts method, adoration, uh, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And when you look at that, if you follow that model, 50% of that time, you're really talking about the greatness of God. You adore who he is, and you thank him for the things he's done. It's not really about us. And this, this Pharisee talks about how good he is, and I'm so glad I'm not like the, the, the tax collector. And the tax, tax collector says, yeah, I'm a sinner. I have issues. <laughs> have mercy on me. Yeah. I think that sometimes we have to realize that, that we have issues, <laughs> and we simply need the mercy of God to help us. And then the text that I want to share with you today uh, is an example of persevering prayer or persistent prayer. Uh, this is the short of it. it there's an unjust judge uh, who helps a poor widow. How much more will a loving father uh, meet the needs of his children? We must remain persistent in prayer. As I hone in on this text, uh, Jesus uses this parable to help us see uh, that, that persistence is important. And in the text, he offers us some, some contrast. A parable is a story that is designed to go alongside the teaching specifically that Jesus wants to uh, uh, give us. It is uh, uh, designed to, to help us hone in on how we should live and how, what we should take away. We use illustrations in our day the very the same way. As we consider this uh, parable, we must see the eastern setting of the text. The courtroom is not our modern day courtrooms today. The courtrooms that we are uh, dealing with, that we follow after, are not the, the courtrooms that we are used to in this day. Uh, the courtrooms there were a tent that moved from place to place and the judge uh, covered a circuit. The judge, not the law, set the agenda, and he had authority over his tent, surrounded by assistance. Anybody could watch the proceedings from the outside, but only those who were approved and accepted could have their cases heard. This usually meant bribing one of the assistants to, so that they would call the judge's attention to their case. This particular widow, uh, who has no name, had three obstacles to overcome. Number one, she was a woman, therefore she had no standing in the law. She, she had a, a, a bad uh, situation. In, in that society of that day, women did not go to court. Secondly, since she was a widow, she had no husband. She had no provision. She had no covering. She had no helper or anyone seemingly to lean on. And then finally, she was poor. She could not pay a bribe if she wanted to. Luke is one, when you read his gospel, that uh, uh, hones in on the marginalized, the ostracized. He talks a lot about widows. He talks about those who are having difficulty in their life. Here is this woman having difficulty in her life. And, and uh, uh, he uses 
for us. Jesus does three contrasts for us. He gives us three postures for our prayer lives. And, 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 and I want to call our attention to those today. First, uh, Luke says that we should pray persistently. That's part of the title of the sermon. But he, he challenges us that we should pray persistently or we should have a posture of persistence when it comes to praying. Jesus contrasts praying with fainting or losing heart or giving up. Uh, The challenge is here. Jesus gives a parable so people do not give up. And beloved, as we pray, we must think about and realize we pray so that we do not give up. Pandemic fatigue, do not give up. Tired of masks, do not give up. Not sure what's going to happen next, do not give up. This persistence calls our attention to the greatness and the power of who God is. Here, 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 Jesus wants us to see literally that we should not give up to the bad. We should not give up to the difficulties in life. Let me bring it in a little closer. Maybe you have financial issues. Maybe you've had a job termination. Maybe you're dealing with a business downsizing. Maybe you lost an investment. Maybe there are some things going on with your retirement fund or you've had some issues in your family life. Maybe there's a medical situation. Maybe you got a bad diagnosis. Do not give up on a God who is great and with you. Don't let life take you out. I will tell you as a pastor leader, I am done with the pandemic. I'm done with it. I'm being honest and transparent with you. But I will not give up on my faith in a God who's able to bring us all the way through. I will not. Don't give up because prayer still works. There is still a God who listens to us and works on our behalf. So even when it seems like God is not answering, keep praying. Even when you're tired and you feel like you're praying the same prayer over and over again, don't stop praying. Sometimes prayer just gives you the opportunity to stage the place to be able to offload everything you're feeling. And let me tell you something. The truth about prayer is that it is private. When Jesus teaches about prayer in Matthew chapter six, he articulates for us that we go into our prayer closet. I know we pray with one another, but the truth of the matter, when we're alone and by ourselves, that's when we pray the real prayer. When we're here, we say, Lord, forgive us of our sin. When we're at home, we say, Lord, forgive me of. We're specific. We have the opportunity to be specific. We don't have to worry about what people hear. We don't have to worry. Be persistent in prayer. Don't give up on prayer. We sing a song that says, uh, don't give up on God because he won't give up on you because he's able. I want to encourage you to remain persistent in prayer that even when you don't feel other people understand that Christ will hear what you have to say. Continue to pray. Don't give up. Prayer still works. And remain persistent in prayer. Uh, Secondly, beloved, we should not only remain persistent, meaning keep going after this, 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 this uh, widow woman just kept going to him. She she really, the text gives indication, got on his nerves. (laughs) Don't just pray persistently. Pray confidently. Pray confidently. Pray fervently or consistently. Uh, Uh, This second contrast in the text uh, that Jesus contrasted the widow with God's elect. Here he says, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. 
For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because the widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so she will not beat me down with her continual coming. Uh, this, this may sound like, like persistence, but it's a little different. Jesus did not say that the people are like this woman. In fact, he just says the opposite because we are not like her. Uh, listen to it again. Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, will the son of man, when the son of man comes, will he find faith in the earth? We should be encouraged in our praying. And when we're encouraged in our praying, we pray confidently. What are we confident in? We pray confidently in the power of a great God. We pray confidently in the sovereignty of a great God, that God knows where you are and what you need. We pray confidently in the fairness of our great God. We pray confidently in the attention of our great God, that we are not left by ourselves. When our perspective, when our uh, 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 outlook, when our uh, 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 worldview is that God is caring about my situation when our worldview is that God gets who I am and what I'm going through when our perspective is that God cares this judge did not care we can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy that helps us in our time of need we have confidence not arrogance we have confidence that God sits high and he looks low that's what we say at my church we say he's a God who sits high and he looks low. And the idea is he's he's looking. He's on the outside looking in, but he's on the inside helping out. God help me. He's on the outside looking in, but he's on the inside helping out. He helps us. And when we know that he helps us. He we have confidence. We we know it may not come when we want it. That, that's another thing we say in our church. But when it comes, when God answers, it's right on time. Uh, We may experience delays. We may experience a waiting period. But we can be confident in the fact that God will take care of us. What did we sing? I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. His friend, uh, this friend is mindful of us. He cares enough to answer back. He may have to wait or we may have to wait until our turn or we may have to wait until the right season or the right time or or in the natural when I talk about you may have to wait for me to get off the freeway and and to a place where I can text back we may have a delay but we can be confident that he'll answer there's a contrast in the text God is not like this unjust judge who does stuff for appearances sake God moves on our behalf because of relationship. What relationship that we've given him our heart and that he is that we are his workmanship and that he's working in our lives, that he has a purpose and a plan for who we are and where we're going. I pray confidently that even if I pray it wrong, he knows what's right. He fixes it for me. He helps me. He helps my belief and he helps my unbelief. So pray confidently, pray persistently, then also pray confidently. But third and finally, um, pray expectantly. Pray expectantly. Uh, praying expectantly is this idea 
that even in our difficult situations, God will answer. I expect God to do something. I expect God to make a way. I expect God to help me. I expect God. Not only am I confident in his power and his ability, but I'm expecting God to do something. I've prayed. We have prayed for 18 now, almost 19 months. We were expecting God to bring us out. My worldview, my paradigm, is that it is not the president, it is not the World Health Organization, it is not the CDC, it's not the health directors in these various counties. It is God that makes things work. It is God that turns things around. It is God that moves on people's behalf. And so I am confident in him, but I expect God to fix it. It's the one thing that kept me going week after week. Week after week, recording services. Week after week, planning how we do ministry. Week after week, responding to the difficulties. Week after week, praying for members who got sick. Week after week, doing funerals for other individuals and not just people that died from COVID. I'm talking about individuals that had other things going on because you do realize that there was more going on in the pandemic than the pandemic. People were still being broken. People were still dealing with family issues. People were still dealing with death. And the pastors and leaders had to still support them. U.S. churchmen had to pray for people and when I prayed I didn't just pray for comfort I prayed expecting that God would help not just comfort that we were just left to whatever happens to us but God would you intervene I expected God to change things God answers prayer for his glory and for our good God answers prayer so that we might give him glory for what has happened, that we might be able to say to individuals that it was God, not me. It was God, not happenstance. It was God that made things different. Remember, there are times when we have delays, but delays are not inactivity on God's part. Delays are opportunity for God to work in what we cannot see. (laughs) Delays are opportunities for God to to set up things. Delays are are opportunities for God to set the stage and to work on our behalf. Delays simply mean that God is working it out and we have to give God the space to work on our behalf. We have to wait and not get discouraged while we're waiting. There are delays, but there are not. Those are not denials. I expect God. We should look for God uh, when when things are going slow or when we don't understand. But the question remains, why does God delay? Uh, God will postpone or delay his answer for his children when we have attitudes of rebellion or bitterness or unforgiveness or unhealthy habits or lifestyles. In other words, when there's sin, God will delay. But remember, his delay is not denial. He gives us a chance to get things right. When we talk about the Acts model, 25% of that is, is confession. And we say, God, work on me. I said at my church this way, work on my eyes so I see no evil, work on my ears so I hear no evil, work on my tongue so I speak no evil, work on my mind so I think no evil, work on my heart so I might love everybody. Sometimes God gets us in proper position as we wait. Another reason that we have a delay is that he's in the process of, of, of testing our persistence. Will we stick with it? Will we wait on him? 
and not complain? Will we wait on him and not give up? Sometimes there's a delay to see if we are willing to put in the work, if we're willing to keep holding God's unchanging hand, that we say, God, we believe for it. That's what we say. Do we really believe that? Thirdly, God often delays answering prayer in order to build our faith, to build us up in faith, to help us to hold on, to strengthen us in our testing so that we might trust him more. Remember, faith shows us who God is. When faith shows us the person of God, we gain confidence in prayer. When faith shows us the person of God, we cry out to God all the more. Faith reminds us that he's a great God, that he is a, a, a faithful God, that he is with us. Faith moves us to persevere, not in desperation, but in confidence of who God is. Our confidence helps us to stand, having done all to stand, to keep on standing. Uh, Abraham's servant prayed to God and God directed him to the person who his wife, uh, who should be his uh, wife or his master's son and heir. Jacob prayed to God and God inclined his ear to his uh, to his irritated brother so that they could meet in peace and friendship. Samson prayed to God and God showed him uh, well uh, and how he could quench his thirst. So he lived as a judge in Israel. Daniel prayed and God enabled him both to tell Nebuchadnezzar his dream and to give the interpretation. Nehemiah prayed and God inclined his heart to the king of Persia to grant him leave of absence to visit and rebuild Jerusalem. Esther and Mordecai prayed and God defeated the purpose of Haman and saved the Jews from destruction. The believers in Jerusalem prayed and God opened the prison doors and set Peter at liberty when Herod had resolved to put him to death. Paul prayed that the thorn in his flesh might be removed and his prayer brought a large increase of spiritual strength while the thorn perhaps remained. And simply put, we must remain persistent in prayer despite how things look. We might feel defeated on the inside and it might say our circumstances might say we're defeated on the outside, but we ought to remain persistent in prayer. So I came today to talk to you about a subject that's dear to me. Came today to tell you to remain persistent in prayer despite the obstacles in your life. Remain persistent in prayer despite how big your prayer request may be, despite how long it may be seeming to take. Continue to talk to God about the problem. Have the resolve that I'm going to pray no matter what. I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm willing to push until God turns it around. I'm willing to keep my hand in God's hand until he fixes it for me. And I have the faith, believe that he will. That God will turn it around. I believe that prayer still works. It's not broken. And it's not, aren't you glad it's not dependent upon you? Aren't you glad that prayer is not dependent upon what you say and how you say it? Because you may not say it right. But it's dependent upon God. That we can pray persistently. That we can pray confidently. That we can be expectantly believing that God will do what he has promised he will do. And that God will be who he said he will be. Prayer still works. So remain persistent in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you, God. I pray, God, that I have honored you.
but I pray more so that something may have written in the hearts of your people. The importance of their prayer life. That you hear them and that you answer and that you want to do something different for them and with them and through them. Do that, God, and have your way is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.